If you've lost your vision, your energy, or your mojo, then this show is for you. Whether it's your health, career, relationships, it's time to reclaim and discover your best life yet. Award-winning journalist and TV host Gail Guayardo will touch, move, and inspire you in this entertaining, fast-paced, and informative podcast. Gail has helped thousands of people achieve massive, life-changing transformations. So here's your host, Gail Guayardo. If you're looking for mental toughness and emotional intelligence, then I've got the guy for you, Eric Rittmeyer. Eric, it's so good to see you, my friend. Gail, it's been forever. I tell you what, I thought you guys didn't like me anymore. I'm like, well, don't they have me back on the show anymore. <laughs> no, we love you. And, and the great <laughs> thing about Eric is he comes on my health and wellness show, Bloom, all the time. And he's an expert on really getting you to focus your mind in the right direction. But the one thing, Eric, that you and I were talking about in all this time, in all these interviews, I've never really heard the backstory about you. I know you were in our U.S. military. I know you served for us, and we so appreciate that. And then later in life, you pivoted and you helped so many people today. So tell me about you. Thank you, Gail. Yeah, I was in the Marine Corps, you know, so I got out of the Marine Corps and I jumped right into sales. I always loved sales. And it's funny because I went through the bulk of my, you know, all of my childhood and a big chunk of my adulthood, not really knowing like what I was good at, right? I mean, there are people who are musicians, they're athletes, they're smart, they're good looking. I was none of these things, right? So I'm like, what is it? So it took me a little bit later in life until I finally recognized that my skill was people. Like I was good with people. I could connect. I could relate to them. Like we, I've been on the same page. I would build trust with them pretty quickly. So as I started hiring people and firing people and coaching and training and speaking, I started to really dissect the brains of people who were very successful, mainly in sales. But I was like, you know, there's got to be something that's synonymous with something across the board that's very common or very similar. And the common thread that I found all the people, the vast majority of people that were the most successful were very likable people. So I kind of went on this mission. I wrote a book about this. It's just how every single one of us can relate and connect to people, not just our spouses, our boyfriends, our girlfriends, or people we're trying to be romantic with, just people in general, just how to be decent humans. You are known as now the emotional Marine. Tell me a little bit about your book and you know what it's all about. What's the reader take? Yeah, it was a play on words, right? Emotional Marine. You think it's like back and forth, right? And it's funny, Gail, because when I deliver my presentations and I speak to these sales teams, you know, the minute they hear speaker, they automatically assume like motivational speaker, right? And I'm like, not bubble gum and high fives and rainbows and Skittles and unicorns and kumbayas. There's none of that. I call it psychological performance training. So the whole thing about my book was just getting people to give them some ideas and some tips for some very simple things that anyone can do. Because ultimately what it boils down to is we're all emotional creatures, right? We're hardwired to feel first and think later. When we can connect with people on that emotional level, it takes all of our relationships to whole new heights, right? We can get people to do things we want them to do. We're better leaders. We're better parents. We're better spouses. My book is just about very simple, easy to read tips that anybody can instantly implement to be a decent person. So you and I talk about this a lot, you know, along the way, and you talk about emotional wellness, along the way, we've become super hyper emotional. How did that happen? And what is living in that state doing to us? 
Yeah, so here's the issue, Gail, and this is what we have to get a lot better at for everybody, but especially our children, but adults as well. What everybody has to recognize is that 100% of our feelings are okay. If we're happy, if we're sad, if we're angry, if we're fearful, if we're shameful, if we want to yell, whatever it is, 100% of our feelings are okay. It's how we respond to those feelings that's so important. So instead of teaching kids especially to suppress the feeling, turn off whatever it is that you're experiencing internally, instead of teaching them or telling them that they shouldn't express their emotion, let's give them healthy tools and healthy tips for how to properly articulate those feelings. I call this an emotional vocabulary. And it's just somewhere that we can teach, hey, this is okay when you feel this way. It's all right. Don't try to stop that feeling. Let's get a better understanding of why we're experiencing that feeling and give you some healthy ways to show people upset or angry. Now, I know you do a lot of work in the business community, um, and which that is so important. And when you talk about raising our children with that mental toughness, I think it's incredibly important because, you know, I have you know, four daughters and um, two of them, one's already in the working world and, and, and thriving. And then you know, one's in college. But I do sometimes wonder along the way um, if, if I instilled enough, emo- I know I the, the toughness to thrive and to get out there and to achieve in life. I think I did okay on that. Knock on wood. I still have two more. I've got to launch out the door. (laughs) Um, But I I don't know about the emotional toughness part because maybe I was a little too coddly. Like how, how do you help people hone in on those skills? You bring up an awesome point, Gail. And I did, I did a ton of media on this because of the pandemic, right? So it's like, how do we properly address our kids' feelings? Not every, you know, I, I hear this phrase all the time. It drives me nuts. People say, oh, well, Eric, we're all in the same boat, right? It's what I hear. And I take it a step further and say, no, we're not all in the same boat. We're all in the same storm. The boat we came into the storm on varies based on our level of mental preparedness. Some of us came into this storm on a 50-foot yacht that was fully staffed, right? With yeah. our own IT people. The rest of us were in our little, our little inflatable boats with one paddle and a hole in the boat. So to say we're all in the same boat, we're not. We're all in the same storm. So I think where this all starts is letting our children, letting our kids especially experience pain, experience fear, experience these things that they don't know, adversity. As parents, you and I both, Gail, you know, I think any parent, we want to shelter our kids. That's our gut instinct. We don't want them to feel that pain. It's what we do as parents. But ultimately, what their kids are learning right now are coping mechanisms for how they're going to deal with things when they're more severe. So as much as we want to protect We do have to make certain that they are susceptible to these things and we can just coach them through and say, hey, this is how I handle situations like this. So don't try to prevent it. Just give them tools for how to handle it. So now here we are, uh, adults and kids alike. We're in a whole new world. I mean, and, and we're navigating things, especially in the business world, very differently. Like we're not meeting for those team meetings. We're not seeing our coworkers all the time. So that's very, very difficult. How, how do you stay mentally tough in our current environment? Yeah, that's real important. I think it's critically important here too, Gail, to give a definition of mental toughness because, you know, again, when I speak, when I train, when I coach, people hear mental toughness and they automatically think like, oh, wait a minute. Eric was in the Marine Corps and he's talking about mental toughness. It must be jumping jacks and high fives and running 10 miles and not eating a lot, right? It's not what it's about. Mental toughness, the simplest definition there, it's emotional control. 
Okay, so what we have to do is recognize the emotion. The culture we live in right now, I call it the outrage culture. Everybody's so upset for no reason. This whole remote thing, I think, has exacerbated the problem. The one positive thing about being face-to-face -face with people, especially those we disagree with, is we're face-to-face. So what we're going to say to that person when we're in person, face-to-face, eye-to-eye with them, is different than when we're behind the keyboard. So what we have right now is like this perfect storm of just all these factors coming together. We're in a very polarizing time, regardless of any belief system you have. We don't know how to articulate our disagreement with people. We don't recognize our triggers, and we don't know how to compartmentalize our emotions. So when something happens to us here, it has no impact over here. But the problem is we don't recognize that. So what happens here happens there happens here. Before you know it, it's this typhoon of emotion and some unlucky person's getting the other end of all your frustration. It's so true. And I think another thing that's happened and correct me if I'm wrong, Eric, is, is it's so easy now to hide behind the keyboard and the computer and not go in and really, like you say, the best way to move ahead in life is to get people to like you, to learn that communication, those communication skills. But I can't tell you the last time I'm, that I have been upstairs on the, the fourth floor to talk to the managers that oversee us. And I, and that was something that I would do all the time. I was always engaged prior to the pandemic but now I found myself in my little corner, staying, you know, socially distanced and working away until it's time to go out on the set. So I think there's becoming a greater and greater disconnect that will help us move forward in life. 100%. And again, it all goes back to that emotional intelligence piece, Gail. And here's the thing, right? I talk about IQ. I talk about EQ. IQ is how smart you are. I'm a self-proclaimed not smart person, right? I just, I'm not smart. You can't really do much with it. You're either, you know, you can have a high SAT score or you can't, whatever. EQ, emotional intelligence, every single living, breathing human can increase their levels of emotional intelligence. So what I love about my topic is getting people to recognize this, understanding that emotional intelligence is all about how we perceive, express, and respond to emotion. It's how we communicate. It's how we get people to do things that we want them to do. And I don't say that in a bad way. I get accused all the time, like, Eric, you're this emotional manipulator. You've wrote this book on how to be likable, and you just teach people how to go out and do bad. And it's like, no, it's not what it's about. The bottom line, is communication, business, these things don't function properly if you're not able to connect with people. I would thoroughly agree with you. Me, I'm an extrovert. I'm outgoing. I jump around. I bounce around. I do whatever. I'll be totally honest with you. This whole pandemic thing has definitely knocked me back a couple notches and I'm hypersensitive to it. So for the people that don't fully recognize it, it can exacerbate these issues. They might've been teetering on this isolation, on this depression. This exacerbated that. We have to recognize that. Yeah, yeah, and I, I love what you just said because, to be honest with you, and I and when I go to like these Great American Teachings, when that was still a thing prior to COVID, you know, I would tell these students that I wasn't the smartest, you know, kid at school. You know, I was more of the average kid, but that doesn't necessarily have to hold you back in life. Like, do obviously do the best that you can academically, but to you, the EQ is is I love that because. It does teach people that you can thrive no matter what. Sure, being book smart comes with a lot of advantages, but if you don't have that, you can still excel in life. 100%, Gail. Here's the other thing that I found. Uh, you know, I think I think my hypothesis is pretty, I think I have a lot of data to support this. 
But I talk about emotion and logic being inversely related, right? So as you become more emotional, you become less logical and vice versa. I call this emotional intoxication. Once you become so overcome in emotion that you can't think logically, you're intoxicated in emotion, right? You just can't function because no matter what somebody says to you that's a fact or that has some sort of logic behind it, you're too emotional to even recognize it. So they're inversely related. I say the same thing about IQ and EQ. I think the higher IQ someone is, the lower EQ they are. So you have these people that are insanely book smart and no offense to anybody who's really book smart, but you have a lot of them that literally can like solve algorithms for molecular dynamics and biological blah, 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 but they can't walk in and get a table at the restaurant because they're afraid to communicate with the person working behind the counter. So it's like, okay, like, is there a balance there? Like, who's what? Like me personally, I'm kind of glad I got the EQG and not the IQG. I'd rather be able to communicate with people. So tell me how you help people. I mean, I know I'm not asking you for a free session, but give me an idea. Like people come to you for your guidance and your expertise and, and where do you take them on the journey? This starts with, these are probably two of the biggest words in my language here, Gail. Don't get too impressed. I have no idea how to spell them. It's called, <laughs> it's called facilitated introspection. And that's where I start with my clients. And introspectively, I facilitate the process of analyzing what's going on internally and getting them to understand that, hey, what you're feeling is okay, but it all starts with emotional control. People say, well, Eric, you're just this cyborg. You're this non-emotional person. I'm like, that's absolutely incorrect. I am more emotional than any male you know, almost guarantee it. The difference is I have control of my emotion. That's what it all boils down to, teaching people how to respond to situations as opposed to reacting. As emotional creatures, when something happens to us, the gut instinct, the innate thing is going to be a reaction. Something happens, we're triggered emotionally, we react without even knowing we're doing it. What I try to train them on is recognizing that they're emotional and now processing information logically and formulating a response as opposed to reacting based on emotion. Yeah, I, I can tell you the one place that I react immediately, which I should not, is behind the wheel of a car. Uh, I think that's where I have the hardest time controlling it. In life, I try to keep my emotions, um, you know, a, a little bit tempered. But when when you feel the urge to react, um, what should you do? What's the first step when you're just like ready to blow a gasket? I'm trying to really impress you here, Gail, by using lots of big words. I just talked about facilitated introspection. Yeah. Getting ready to give you two more right here. Okay. This is <laughs> I told this you is I was called... only a C student, so be careful. That's right. We're getting along great here. This is the next two big words. It's called systematic desensitization. Also known in the world of psychology as graduate exposure therapy. What it boils down to is systematically we desensitize our brain to pain, whether it's physical pain, mental pain, emotional pain. What we do is we desensitize our brain. So we recognize something. We no longer process it as being painful because our brain's so used to it. I'm giving you those two words, number one, to try to impress you. Number you two, <laughs> mission accomplished. Number two is to get people to recognize that if they know there's something you driving, you know that you get upset very easily, which welcome the 98% of the population, right? We all do. <laughs> the secret there is desensitize your brain. So when you're put in those situations, your brain recognizes this and says, okay, this is what happens when I feel this way. You've now acknowledged that you're emotional. And you, me personally, what I've done that really helps me with the road rage is I've 
in my mind, recognized how I feel literally three minutes after I get put in those situations. So what's ingrained in my brain is when I feel myself getting very upset, I know three minutes later, I'm not going to be upset anymore. So as soon as I get triggered, I'm like, all right, three minutes, three minutes, three minutes, akuna matata, got you. So everybody's a little bit different. So that's, I love that. So now I see what you did there. It's all coming full circle of being able to understand that it's okay to have these emotions, but managing them. So it's all part of putting management into place. And you're right. Mine probably won't even last three minutes. I just like, you know, throw out a few expletives and go on with my, but I don't even need to do that especially since I don't, I'm not, not a gun carrier myself anyways, but, and you never, well, you mentioned, it, it's funny you say that, Gail, because you mentioned expletives and I'm, I'm not against that. You know, and again, yeah. this is just that we, we all express this different ways. I'm not against, I personally don't, I don't like to do that. I still, I'm not a, a cursing kind of cursing kind of person. That's a poet. I didn't know it. I'm not the type of person, but I'm not against that. I'm not, you know, whatever it is that you need to do to get those feelings out and to release those feelings, that's not going to be harmful to other people. I'm totally fine with that. It's recognizing that every single thing we say and do has impacts on other people. We all have to get a lot better at recognizing that. That's good. Okay. So when I'm alone in my car, I can say whatever that fumbles out of my mouth. I'm good with that. It's and in and, and the control side, I think in my industry, the last thing that you want to do as either a news anchor or a host that I do now is to fly off the handle because then you're just labeled a diva and you get nowhere with that in life. But but you know, but for every element of life, you know, learning con- control, especially with children and teenagers, I mean, you can apply what you do to pretty much anything to your career to your relationships, to your parenting style. I mean, what you do, you cast a pretty wide net. And I intentionally did that, Gail. So, you know, when I go into these companies and they hire me to talk to their sales teams, what I try to get them to recognize that this is a package deal. So emotions are something that is impossible. We can't stop. We can't turn them off. We can't suppress. We can't ignore. The more we try to do that, the more it's going to exacerbate the problem. But the emotional control piece as it applies to their business now transfers transfers over to emotional control at home. So, you know, it's a package deal, right? You're upset in one section. You're going to be upset in the other section. It's borderline impossible to not allow one to bleed over into the other one. But it all starts with recognizing the emotion, knowing it's okay, understanding it's all right. And then knowing that every single person we communicate with, they're emotional creatures too. So if we can connect with them on that level, have that emotional connection, everything else becomes good at that point. Business life, personal life, sales, it works really well, which is why I've applied towards sales. If you can connect with the person you're trying to sell, it's a pretty good place to be. Yeah. I was just going to ask you about the sales element of it in that you know, a lot of people out there in the sales world have never really had any kind of formal training or any training at all for that matter. And having just, you know, an Eric Rittmeyer in their life would make life so much easier because if not, you're really doing a lot of trial and error. And here's the other thing about sales too, girls. What's so funny about it, right? You look at all these movies from like the eighties and stuff and they're like, What's it going to take to put you in this car today? And I got some nice snow cones I'm going to sell you, Mr. Eskimo. It's like, that's not how this works, right? It's not what it works. Sales in the simplest form, I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how good looking you are. I don't care about anything else. If you're able to connect with people, that's what this is all about. The problem is we put so little mental energy into trying to connect with people unless we want something from them. And I hate to say that, but often what it boils down to is, 
The people that get our mental energy are the people that we're trying to get something from. And I hate to say that. So it's the people that really can provide no additional benefit to us. It's just making them feel good. This is called effective presence. Effective presence is when somebody's very good at making other people feel good about themselves. So if I'm high in positive effective presence, I can make you feel good, even if me internally, even if I don't feel good internally, you still leave the conversation feeling better about yourself. That's called effective presence. Difficult to do. Not everybody has it, but it all starts with recognizing these things and then trying to find ways to improve upon it. I'll say this too, must come from a place of 100% authenticity and sincerity. People will smell it if not. Yeah, I was just going to say, if you're not authentic and, and yourself, somebody told me that way back in the day, they said, go ahead uh, you know, we, when we could afford coaches to come in. That was a luxury because I started in the industry so long ago in like the early 90s. And they'd bring these consultants in. And the number one thing that they would say right off the bat is be yourself, because if you're not yourself, people are going to sense it a mile away. And at least if you throw yourself out there, you'll know what you're good at or what you're not good at or what you're, you know, cracked up to do. I mean, it, it, it really authenticity is key. That's another communication tip I use all the time. I call it locating the baseline. So when you meet people, find their baseline. I have lots of friends that are jerks, right? They're jerks. I'm not going to cut the cake any other way. But this is their baseline. I just know what I'm getting with them. It's when they deviate from that baseline that I start to be like, you're not a jerk right now. Like, what's going on with you? Can you be a jerk again? So you establish these baselines, right? But everybody appreciates authenticity and sincerity. Everybody. If that means you do goofy stuff and if you stumble over your feet and you trip all the time, whatever, every, if you can't pronounce a word, everybody appreciates that and respects that because it's real. It's raw. That's what people want. So Eric, and how are you conducting business now in, uh, the COVID, the new world that we live in, the COVID environment? Are you reaching out to people virtually? Like how are companies reaching out to you and how can folks listening right now connect? Uh, thank you for that. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I'm doing a lot of Zoom stuff here. It's been, you know, I'm getting back some more live stuff, right? I'm doing some more in-person stuff because my my program, my psychological performance program is, it's all about stoking emotion from people, getting them to recognize it. So in-person works much better. And plus when they make threats against me because I said something they don't like, which is really just a fact that conflicts with their warm, fuzzy feeling. We're in person, they feel much, you know, much easier for them to threaten me. So I do it in person, but I also, I also do it via Zoom. I do it a lot through these channels, you know, through this channel, through the media, through the television stuff, which I love. Thank you for always having me. It's a great way to get the word out there to the masses. My book is great. The Emotional Marine, you know, I help a lot of people with that. The ladies especially love this book because they're giving it to their guys and they're like, please read this. Like you have got like, literally you need to read this book because you don't know how to communicate. It's like I'm talking to a pizza box. So <laughs> it's been all these different, it's been all these different angles all across the board. So I'll, I'll get it across in any medium I can. I prefer in person, but the whole Zoom thing has been wonderful too. That's awesome. Well, listen, I will be reaching out to you because um, in addition to hosting now, I am booking for the show. So I will reach out to you, Eric, because if you can come on as early as next week, we would love to have you. You always come with the best topics, and, and I really appreciate you joining me today. I love it, Gail. It's always so awesome being with you guys, and I busted your chops earlier. You've had me on. I know I'm just messing with you. No, it's always so Eric, The more Eric, the better. That is my motto. <laughs> Thank you so much, Gail. I look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you. Uh, you too, Eric. Take care. 
that's it for today's episode of Your Story, Your Health, Your Best Life with Gail Guayardo. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to win a $25,000 value private VIP day with Gail herself. Be sure to head on over to Your Story, Your Health, Your Best Life podcast.com and pick up a free copy of Gail's gift and join us on the next episode. <music>